Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You are now listening to episode 221, part two. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm joined tonight by a special guest, Zach. Zach, it's been a while. Your, your return has been, or I guess your presence has been missed, but we're happy to have you back. Happy to be back, and I hope they know your name by now. Yeah, I mean, it's a normal thing. We, <laughs> I've been I've been opening up the episodes the last few times. Evan's been uh, having issues with his microphone or microphone or computer. He's ordering, he's fixing something up, so I've been doing it. But um, as you guys are aware of now, Evan recorded a solo episode. We had a bit of a time issue where uh, Evan thought I was stuck at work, but I was just getting back, and it was okay, so... I managed to get Zach on here because I he hasn't been on a while and I felt like um, getting his up-to-date takes after a few months now of being away or weeks, however long it's been, um, it'd be nice to hear them. So we're going to go over week 13's matches here and then we'll do our week 14 predictions because our, or is it week 15? I'm getting confused here. We're on 15. Yeah, so week 14 review, week 15 preview. We have midweek fixtures coming up, followed by the weekend, so we'll probably post another episode Friday um, if all things work out. But let's start out the first games that happened on Saturday. We had Arsenal beating Wolves 2-1. to one. Started early there. Arsenal looked deadly going forward. Dominated possession with a total of 57. Didn't seem like that overall, but... The first 20 minutes, they balled out. Saka in the sixth from a Tomiyasu assist. Nice little tiki-tack. And then the same thing on the 13th minute. Even better. Uh, ball whipped in from Saka. Zinchenko, nice one-two with Jesus. And the cutback for Odegaard. Made it 2-0 at that point. Things were all in Arsenal's favor at the Emirates. Jose Sa picked up an injury. It seemed like a lower back issue. That's what he was grabbing at. So Dan Bentley came in. And for the remainder of the game, kept a clean sheet for himself. Did well. In that, in that position. 86 minute though, Wolves kind of squeaked it out there with a Cunha goal off of Nelson Semedo cross. Made things interesting to end the game, but Arsenal hold out. They sit top of the table on 33 points. We're 14 games in. Uh, Zach, were you expecting Arsenal to be at top of the table at this point in the year? Based on how they finished last year, uh, yeah, at least top three. They got to be a they got to be a title contender coming into this year. They're playing like it. Yeah, we, we established last week that Arsenal, Liverpool, and City are three title contenders here. Everybody else is kind of just trying to keep up. We think Villa's going to flatten out as they did this weekend, and Tottenham's injuries really hampered them now. Four straight games without a win, um, but they did pick up a massive result. We'll get to that later. Wolves, that's three defeats in their last four. They were looking good um, when the calls weren't going against them, but VAR and and just overall luck hasn't been on their side. So now Jose saw picking up an injury doesn't really help. Um, even though Bentley seems like he's capable of it, they're still missing Pedro Neto for the next couple of weeks, which is going to entail three to four more matches for them. So uh, what is your outlook on Wolves been so far since the last time you've talked about them? Uh, they can score goals, that's for sure. And Huang has been uh, their guy, at least watching from the fantasy point of view. Huang yeah. has, has been the, their main guy. It's nice to see a striker stepping up and actually banging in some goals for him. Yeah, he's got seven goals and two assists in, in 14 appearances this year. He's played in every game. He's played out in the wing at times. In this game, he played up top with Cunha. 
they have a nice partnership and in the meantime wolves has been spotting a, a five back system working Semedo and bueno as wingbacks matt Ortiz slowly been getting back in the mix rotating in there so they have a good system uh gary o'neill's a well-respected guy who can earn results we've been seeing this year but just you just can't be leaking too many goals and i think they put up a well-deserved fight against Evans Arsenal team, but it wasn't meant to be. Uh, we move on to another home team winning. Brentford 3, Luton 1. Uh, the Bees come out on top. This is their first win in their last three after picking up two straight defeats to Arsenal and Liverpool where they got shut out. Uh, puts them back in the mix to get in the top half. They're tied on points with, with Chelsea as well as goal differential. They're both on 19 points with a plus three goal diff. Chelsea's only ahead because they've scored three more goals than Brentford. Um, Mopai has been stepping up at that number nine role since Visa and Embuemo are on the wings. And Kevin Shada picked up that long-term injury. So they loaned him back from Brighton, and it seemed like it's turned out to be really good. Or Yeah, Brighton. Um, so he opened up the scoring. Ben Mee played a big role in the game. 56 minute, got a goal from Embuemo Cross. Um... Luton, though, picked up a, a, a goal to make the game interesting in the 76. Jacob Brown again. That's 2-2 two and two for him. And then Brentford closed the door shut with a Shandon Baptiste uh, killer in the 82nd minute to seal the game and win all three points for the home team at the G-Tech. Uh, you're a Brentford guy this year. You have him way more on your fantasy team. He's a big he's a big point getter for you and somebody you rely on this year. What have you thought of Brentford so far this year? They've been getting it done for the most part, dealing with injuries throughout the year as well. Jensen's been out. Had to swap out the center backs here and there throughout the year. Ben Mee hasn't featured much in the team, but he's back now. Uh, like you said, Mope is having to step up. So they're able to score goals, uh, but there's been a handful of games here and there where they're relying on uh, Embuemo's creativity to do almost everything in the game, and that's resulted in them getting a draw or a loss here and there. But overall, I, I'd say they've been they've been kicking on pretty fine, and uh, it's almost time for Tony to come back for them. Yeah, we're only six weeks away from Ivan Tony's return to the Premier League. We know physically he's fine. He's not coming back from an injury, so the only thing is how quickly can he get back into that form he had last year where he put 20 in the back of the net for the Bees. Um so I'm sure that'll help not only himself and the team, but also I'm sure it'll open things up for Embuemo a bit more. Uh, unfortunately, set piece-wise, he will be taking off penalties. Um, but yeah, they look good so far. And uh, Luton for you. Luton 17th on nine points. They're two points clear of the drop. Very fortunate that Everton got the 10-point deduction because right now they would be in that 18th position, four points adrift from safety. What have you thought so far of them? ranking the best out of the newly promoted teams with Luton I mean they're like like the other teams they're doing the best with what they got what what signings did they make coming into this year wasn't too many was it uh Tieta Chong they brought him in Ross Barkley um I believe Ryan Giles is a left wing back other than that, nothing too crazy. Uh, Andros Townsend, a few weeks ago, Townsend, he, yep. he signed a short-term deal, and then they have Tim Krul as a backup goalkeeper. Those are your main guys that people would know. I think they got a Loney in there from Man City as well, one of their defenders. I believe that Kabore, yeah, right wing Kabore, back. Kabore, yeah. somebody that stands out. He's a 22-year-old. 
I think Ross Barkley, as of late, has been pretty sturdy in the in the middle of the field for him. Gives him that uh, some Premier League experience in the team that any any promoted team desperately needs. It's just going to be tough for them to to pick up results outside of uh, teams in their in their reach on the table. Yeah, I think they got Arsenal and City coming up, both at home, but not who you want to welcome at home. Back to back. No, it's. I mean, well, we we saw them draw Liverpool at home, so we know it is possible for them to do something here. But, That's true. But um, I think it ultimately just comes down to how much service they can get to Carlton Morris because he's such an aerial threat, and when he's not scoring for them, we're seeing the lack of creativity. So they've been bagging these these scrappy little goals. So if they can make that change there and hold a team for 60 strong minutes and hold a lead, I think they can get points. But um, a tough loss to Brentford here really sets them back a bit, especially when Everton picked up three points while they dropped them, as well as Burnley. Speaking of which, Burnley-Sheffield, a big six-pointer here. People were saying before the game, this this game was El Sacico, El Sacco, however you want to say it, between the two worst teams in the league. Uh, both teams looking for their first win in a long time. But Burnley emphatically win 5-0, Sheffield just absolutely deteriorating in front of our eyes. Right from kickoff, the first 20 seconds, uh, nice ball whipped and across from Charlie Taylor, a glancing header from Jay Rodriguez. Set the tone. George Bulldog picked up an injury for Sheffield, so Bogle came in at right wing back. And then shortly after, uh, somebody that's been out for a while for Burnley, Jacob Bruin Larson, scored in the 29th. Uh, we saw a double yellow card, 37th minute for McBurney for uh, a flailing arm on Darrow O'Shea. And then right before halftime in the 46th minute, we saw all, he picked up a second yellow for the same exact thing on the same exact player. So they'll be without him for their next match, but he's been their main outlet up top because um, Cameron Archer cannot possess the ball he's not strong enough to do that and McBurney's just he's that guy for them and now he'll be out for a game as uh, I believe it's a second red of this year so I, that might be a two-game suspension potentially uh, and then things got out of hand 73rd minute Amdouni scored followed by in the 75th Kuliosho scores and then in the 80th minute Josh Brownhill scores this game could have ended 9-0 in Burnley's favor a massive victory for Vincent Company a game they needed to win um, I talked about last week potentially that they should be sacking him soon or some changes need to be made because things might be stressing out, especially if they didn't get a win here. So um, I guess starting with Burnley here, what have you thought of them so far this year? They've just got a rough run of things in the league. Similar to Sheffield conceding goals in pretty much every game, but I mean, not nearly as much as Sheffield they've had. They blew up a, a bit here and there, but Trying to pull up their results here and get a look at them. You had the 8-0 to Newcastle there, and you have a 5-0 here. I believe they lost 5-0 to Arsenal a few weeks ago. There's a lot of there's a lot of pumpings. I think I think those are yeah, those are the three major results where they got absolutely blitzed. Everything else has been relatively competitive. They've had five here where they haven't scored a goal in a game. Only one win in all comps this year for them. Yeah, one win. I mean, it's it's just tough for these for the promoted teams. The bottom end of the table, it's just a a bell curve in terms of the uh, 
the talent on 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 the teams in the Premier League, and they're they're at the bottom of it, so they got to make do with what they have. Yeah, this was but, uh, a five nil win at home over Sheffield. Sorry to cut you off, but a five nil win over Sheffield get, gets them fired up a little bit. You would hope. Yeah, do you take this as Burnley finally coming out of their shell here and are finding form potentially and something as a solution going forward? Or do you think this is just a one-off? They're playing a team that's just that bad. Uh, it could be a bit of both. I mean, we'll have to see about uh, it adding to their form because they got a short week here. They're going to be playing they Tuesday. Got, they put the first game tomorrow against Wolves. So their fitness is going to be put to the test there, and if they can get that one done, then I say, yeah, it's it's a, it's a start to a, a decent run of form. Yeah, to be fair to company and Burnley, they, they they play their way. It's just like Tottenham. They stick to their way no matter the circumstances, and whether they win or lose or draw, it's just they're always going to – you know what to expect from them on the field after 90 minutes. So, Excuse me. Big, big help to their goal diff. They were at negative 22, now they're at negative 17, which is a lot closer to the teams above them. They're tied on points with Everton on seven, only two points from the from safety. Sheffield, we already mentioned them, really struggling, and now with all the injuries and now more suspensions, they're, they're going to have another tough one this week where I believe they're, they are home, but I think they have to play, yeah, they play Liverpool on Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough scenes. We move on. Nottingham Forest, nil. Everton, one. Nothing too crazy in the stat sheet. Uh, We saw only one yellow card the entire game to Felipe, who returned after a while uh, on the sideline. Lone goal. Dwight McNeil got the credited the goal. Should have been a a Jack Harrison assist, but I guess they deemed it a, a, a deflection off a Forest defender. Ultimately settled it. Everton massive win, their first win after the ten point deduction. We'll have to wait and see as the on, uh, the ongoing weeks go past if the their appeal can reduce their punishment to get some of those points back. But two points from safety. Uh, right now, if they had those ten points, they would be sitting in twelfth position, uh, only two points behind Chelsea and Brentford. What have you thought of Everton's season so far, dis- disregarding the, the minus 10 points? Like, they've been having a pretty strong year for their standard. Yeah, definitely for their standard. I think the next step up for them would be solidifying uh, themselves at home, making making Goodison Park a tough place to play because you know how, how hard uh, Liverpool fans get for uh, the red team in Liverpool. So I think it'd be cool to see the blue side of Liverpool making their home a strong place to play for their home team and a tough place to play for the away teams. Yeah, when it comes to home home form, these two teams, two Liverpool teams, you mentioned the Merseyside teams are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Liverpool have the best home record, seven games, seven wins, all 21 points, while Everton are the 18th best home team where they played seven games and only earned four points. But when you look at their away record, they have the fourth best away record. They've earned 13 points out of their seven games. So it's something to do with the home fans being on top of them. I, I think these players have extra pressure on them when they're in front of their own fans. There's just something about it. And this week they're, they're home again and they play Newcastle. So it's going to be a daunting task for them to replicate what they did here. Yeah, and I think it's just uh, come with the fans getting on them. I think that... Uh... 
the fans appreciating the players just develops over time just with consistency and just character development amongst the team so if they they stay up this year of a solid mid-table run and become or well remain regulars in the league and maybe push forward in cup competitions i think the the fans will get on their side and they've had a rough run of things with the board and the point deduction so it's tough to see the positive side of things i think for everton but they're they're having a good a solid season like you said with that away form yeah and we're talking about teams with good home form or looking for it for us last year where that team and this year they've only earned two wins in their seven games they played at home and this being their second defeat not looking too good alanga has been a bright spot for them Gibbs White on the right is their creative guy, but with Taiwo one yeah, for the next two months, they have to rely on Chris Wood up front. Is that going to hinder them here, or can they find an alternative solution with maybe putting Hudson-Odoi, and then they, they did this in the second half. They played a 4-2-3-1 to try to change things up and, and get things going. They played Chris Wood at the 9, and then Gibbs White in behind is a 10 with Alanga and Hudson-Odoi in the wings. Do you think that's something that they can affect a change on their their big scoring drought really they've been struggling to score goals as of late i think chris what is the target man for him can get it done as long as they feed him a, a bunch of crosses and balls in he'll get up for him he, he's pretty tough up top yeah i i should take back what i said they haven't been having a scoring drought they've scored eight in their last four games including this one so it's just something about just having that instinct to cut games off. Steve Cooper has been rotating things a bit. We saw a couple games ago, Fletcher Demos is the new starting goalie over Matt Turner. Willie Bolly has been rotating out with Felipe in that starting role now. Marillo has made himself, well, he's the captain now at left center back, Tuffalo, Orier at fullbacks. They have a rotating midfield in there. Yates, Mangala, and Sangari started this game, whereas other games they have the likes of Dominguez who can play in there, as well as Kuyate. So they have a lot more solidified options here compared to last year where they had 30 new players overall. But yeah, it just comes down to that home form and really closing things out. And just Everton on the day wanted it a bit more. So uh, speaking of teams that wanted it a little more, the last game on Saturday, Newcastle got a 1-0 win over your Manchester United. Um, Aaron, Anthony Gore got the lone goal off a trippier assist. Our boy, we call him Mr. Two. Um, 55th minute, Gordon, nice cutback, tapped it in. And from there, there wasn't anything too crazy. United, eight shots to Newcastle's 22. Four on target for Newcastle to United's one. That lone shot on target coming from Garnacho. We saw Rashford get subbed off in the 61st minute. Um, I guess you can take this however you want, where you can take this game in any direction you want, and I'll just play off what you want to do. Uh, well, I mean, I told you early on Rashford was coming out in this game. He, he wasn't playing the full 90. You could just tell the body language, his passes are off. He's just he, he's stuck in his shell this year, and, and he's had another uh, I think it was two seasons ago. He had a similar year where he's struggled and then between then and now he's had at least one season in between where he he came back he banged in 20 at least 20 goals in the in all comps uh from what i can remember but he's having a rough year the the players altogether aren't 
linking up too well around the pitch. It's just up to a few guys to step up and lead the way. Uh, and I think uh, Onana recently has been having good performances other than that uh, the Howler in the Champions League, you know. But overall, I think the the good outweighs the bad for him. As of recent, uh, Harry Maguire's been stepping up and yeah. trying to boys from the back. He's he's had a, a resurgence since last year with everyone hating on him. From the manager's side of things, I found this a lot from social media this week and did some digging. Eric Ten Hag's away record versus the Premier League's top nine teams. This starts from his first game in charge last season. Brentford away, lost 4-0. Well, these are all away. Uh, Man City, 6-3. Villa, 3-1. Arsenal, 3-2. Liverpool, 7-0. Newcastle, 2-0. Tied Spurs this past April, 2-2. May of this year, lost to Brighton, 1-0. Lost to Spurs, 2-0. Lost to Arsenal, 3-1 this year. And then this game, Newcastle, 1-0. What do you think this says about United? Do you think they beat the teams they need to? The, the bottom half table teams and then I mean it sh- it speaks for itself I'm just speaking the obvious in here but they're good against the bad teams or they just get by the bad teams and they struggle against the competent teams is that basically what we're seeing here that's uh, what it seems like I mean and that's enough to get you top seven top six seemingly because that's where that's where they've been the past uh but even Past with that all being years. said, you got top. You got fourth last year. Even after all those away yeah. losses, you guys still found a way to get top four. And I think, similarly, I think somehow you guys are going to find yourself in a similar position fighting for a top four spot. You're only five points behind Villa, who are in that fourth position, who are on much better form. I mean, it's just United finds a way. All the teams around them. You got Villa scored 33 goals, Tottenham have scored 28, Newcastle have scored 32, Brighton have scored 30. Man United have only scored 16 goals this year, and they're still in seventh place. Yeah, it's that consistency, good against the bad, and uh, struggling here and there against the top teams. But, I mean, if you manage that all year without uh, hiccups in between, you'll, you'll stay up. So it's just about breaking through to that next level. Well, we're really going to put that to the test because to Wednesday, you guys host Chelsea. Then this weekend, you guys host Bournemouth, followed by you're at Liverpool, at West Ham, home against Villa, and then the last game of this year, you're at Forest. So we're really going to see what you guys are made of against the top top teams here, as well as a Bayern Munich game to end the Champions League qualification or not qualification, the end of the group stage, where you guys have to win that if you want to qualify for the knockout. So there's a lot of pressure on Eric. Um, I guess at this point, just to put a timestamp on it, December 4th, what is your goal right now for United this year? What would you be happy with? They, uh, in the title race, if possible, but uh, top four. Top four is usually, usually the goal. Can stay in there consistently. It's after everything. After everything you've seen this year, that's still your goal is top four. Yeah. Okay. Well, if Rashford can get firing and if Bruno can get his leadership skills up a little bit better, I think they can figure things out. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is just leadership, 
how to get the locker room going, show it, uh, being a leader by example. I think that's what they're looking for. They need everybody to get fit. And one or two guys, if they can get in form, I think everybody else will play up to that level. So that's all you need. You just need one or two guys to get going. And it seems like Rashford needs to be one of those guys. Any any forward. Yeah. Well, Martial's playing up there now, so that's really saying something. Um, Give credit to Newcastle, though. They, they're dealing with a lot of injuries themselves, and they still are managing to get points. That's two straight wins now. Uh, a massive win over Chelsea as well as United here. So uh, we mentioned they're at New Everton this weekend. Another three points there can go a long way for them and put them right back in the mix for a top four uh, finish come the end of the year. Okay, halfway done. All the Saturday games done now. We move to Sunday where things got a bit interesting. Let's start off with the the one we were least concerned with. We have West Ham Palace 1-1 draw. Kudus continues his hot form. 13th minute off a Sufal assist. Equalizer, though, from Palace, who have been struggling this year with a lot of injuries to their key players. Get get Odson Edward on the board. Game ends 1-1. Um, Czech Ducor, their main uh, defensive mid, is out for the year. Uh, Chris Richards got the start in there today. Um, he played as the holding mid next to Larmo. Will Hughes higher behind. Let's say his second start couldn't find the, the score sheet, but uh, I would say a big point for Palace keeps them uh, safely above the drop there in mid-table, 16 points, only three behind top the 10th place position team. West Ham have been slowly dropping out of, of the top four, top six race. They're on 21 points, only three behind the United who are in that last European place. Come the end of the year, um, which where do you want to start here, Zach? You want to touch on Palace or West Ham? Uh, probably go with Palace first. Okay. Palace, as he's out for the next three weeks, I believe, he'll be coming back around the Christmas window. We got a little taste uh, last week of Eze and Elise together, and it looked great, but it was short-lived. What do you think there, what the, is looking forward for them? For Palace, it would be getting their injury injured uh, players back to full fitness and just maintaining the depth that uh, that they have in the side, I think that's probably probably their key, and and getting uh, Elise and Eze firing as they did last season, because they were red hot towards the end of the year, uh, coming into this one. Yeah, defensively they're a very sound team. They're one of the top five best defensive teams out there, um, joint with Brentford, who are another solid team in the back, but comes down to the front end of the pitch. They've only scored 14 goals, which is the second, yeah, the second least, third least, sorry. They've scored the third least amount of goals. Sheffield only scored 11, Luton 13, and then it's Palace with 14. Pretty obvious when you look at it there, that's the issue. Edward has been putting up numbers this year, it seems like. He's he's come out as their main guy. He scored six goals this year in 13 games. It's just nobody else is putting anything on the board. Um, we've seen Eze have to step up, and he got injured now, and Alyssa's back, and you know he has to shoulder that burden. But they don't have anybody else that can score, it seems like. No, it doesn't uh, seem like that. Eduard can bang some goals, and he just he's just going to need that quality service every every game. Yeah, and then West Ham, on the other hand, 
Kudus has been their main guy, but also Thomas Suchek has been playing in a more advanced position now. They him and him and Ward Prowse have swapped roles. Ward Prowse in a deeper line playmaker role, whereas Suchek's that more aggressive number ten that's getting box to box. Excuse me. Um, Bowen having to play at the number nine. What are we thinking about that? Because Antonio's out for an extended period of time here. Uh, Bowen's. I mean, they're gonna have to make do with without a natural striker up there if they're going to play Bowen. They still got Ings on the bench, but he's clearly not the preferred option if they're having Bowen up there. And Bowen seems to be Mr. West Ham. He, he's he's their guy. I think he's the fan favorite. Yeah. So putting him up top, he seems like he has a nose for goal. It's just uh, whether or not he's comfortable with that position or not. I don't think it matters too much, though, because he'll, as long as he gets open, he'll have some solid service uh, behind him with Wood Prowse back there. Yeah, I think he's just being forced to play there now because he's not trusting Ings, as you mentioned, and Antonio's the preferred option, but he's injured. So, as well as Kudu's picking up hot form and is taking his spot currently at that right wing, Paquette's out on the left. So, Bowen just has to do what's best for the team at the moment, and that's to him playing at the nine, and he's a good team player. So, we'll see if they can carry forward some form here. 24 goals for, 24 against, though. Um, zero goal differential, but yeah, I mean, they're right where I thought they'd be just around that mid table. We know they're due for an upset here and there as well as a bit of a stinker. So yeah, pretty flat here. One, one draw. We move on to another draw Bournemouth to Villa to Ollie Watkins going into this game was a doubt, but got the start and thank God he did. 10th minute though. We've been bagging on this guy this year, but he's been supplying some goals and, uh, Semenyo, gets the opener in the 10th minute i believe that is his third yep that's his third goal this year in the league in his 11 appearances for bournemouth he opens the score sheet leon bailey though with the, with the equalizer in the 20th from a Watkins assist dom solanke their boy in the 52nd gets the lead again but diaby came on at the half or sorry in the 74th minute and got the assist to ollie Watkins in the 90th nice flick header to the back post they share the points on the day. Um, that's five games now for Bournemouth. They have three wins, a draw, and one defeat. They've earned 10 of their 13 points in the last three weeks, or four weeks, I should say. What do you think the major change has been for them to find this success? For Bournemouth? Yeah. Uh, it was just a, a matter of time for them, I think, because uh, early on in the season it was... The new manager is just about finding the the right guys for each position, because they had a almost a wealth of options, at least uh, for the forwards and the midfielders. So uh, it was just a matter of time for them to get more game time together, get more comfortable with each other, and just find their confidence, which they've had in the past with Solanke and uh, Tavernier specifically. I know they've been there standout guys the last couple seasons they've while they've been up in the in the prem and then you got the likes of Semenya sliding in there nicely being pretty dangerous uh, around the edge of the box for a handful of teams they've played while they've been on this run of form so just a just a matter of time like i said a lot of the success has seen philip billing on the bench he was their top scorer last year i believe with seven goals what do you think's going on there just 
next man up, next man for the job. It's I don't think there's anything uh, too deep to look into. Brian Christie has filled in his role there alongside Lewis Cook with Cliver in this game at the 10. So whatever works, works. Iriola, I had the agenda against him. I still do. Um, I'm surprised we're at this point in this in the season. We still haven't seen a sacking. I think we were are we're we're, we're we were used to last year. There were so many sackings at this point. There was like maybe five already. That this year it's crazy that nobody nobody's gotten fired yet. So uh, I'm still on the Bournemouth window. I'm sure Areola will be going sooner or later. But they've scored 16, but they've conceded 30, which is the third most, only behind Burnley and Sheffield. Um, Villa, on the other hand, they they draw here. They're 29th, fourth position. They're only four points behind Arsenal in the top for the for the title. Um, do you think this form is going to continue for them, or do you think they're going to level off here in this Christmas period with with fixtures getting congestion? Uh, it's just going to come down to to their fitness and how they they keep their cool through it or not. They're not in European competition, which is going to help. No, they are. Oh, they are? Yeah. They're My bad. The, they're in the Conference League. Oh, yeah, they're in the Conference League. Okay. So, yeah, it's they're going to be right there with the big boys. They're going to have congested congested uh, fixtures, tight schedule. So uh, I think they got a solid man for the job with Unai Emery. Uh, pretty professional. Mr. Good Evening. You know him well. Evan does as well. So, I think he'll 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 keep everyone uh, as as cool and level headed as possible, and they're just gonna have to put their heads down and work. We got City and Arsenal coming up uh, in the league, uh, along with those European fixtures. So, yep, we had the next match. We had the only fans game. We had Chelsea against Brighton because Chelsea just pay Brighton an obscene amount of money for their players and their merch and quality. Um, but Chelsea on the day did everything they could to, to fuck it up, but they got the job done anyway. They earned the three points, three, two Enzo Fernandez, big moment for him here scores a brace first and the 17th, uh, Caldwell in between those two goals for Enzo scored in the 21st, uh, got scary there in the 43rd, uh, Buena Note from a Lalana assist. And then right at before the half. Connor Gallagher picks up his second yellow and is sent off. So we play the rest of the second half with 10 men. Um, Brighton did everything they could. They brought in all the big boys, Matoma, Gross, James Milner, thankfully. 65th minute. Uh, Mudrick is in on goal. Milner catches up, fouls him in the back, gets a penalty. Enzo steps up, buries it, making up for that one he missed at the start of the year. Uh, and then from there, it got a bit scary. Chelsea just boxing it in, packing it in, hoping for the best. João Pedro in the 91st minute gets the their second to make it a one-goal match. And then we had 10 minutes of added time. There was a late VAR decision. Penalty was given for a handball on Levi Caldwell. VAR checks it, clearly hits Caldwell in the face. No penalty. Chelsea hold the game out, take the three points. In 10th position, 19 points. Only five points outside of a European place. After this gauntlet run, concluding t- on Wednesday against Man United, I think we've done a, a reasonable job. We've shown that we can compete against top teams. We can struggle and drop points here and there. But overall, I think this run has shown that 
this team is growing, is still young and makes mistakes, but there are promising signs moving forward. Um, what are you seeing from Chelsea here so far? This, this is a team, uh, we'll get to it at the pick them when we, um, I show our records, but Chelsea is your worst team that you pick or you predict games with. What have you thought of them so far? They're building confidence. They're starting to look like uh, a proper team now. They're playing playing well together, getting on. You can see some guys uh, getting comfortable in their positions, like uh, Enzo Fernandez. He had a couple cracks in that game. I mean, two goals there, one from the spot. You get those goals from the spot, that'll uh, replace Jorginho because he was, he, he was your top guy for a while with all the penalties he took, yep. which was a, a nice thing to rely on. So Enzo can become that guy to rely on. That'll be provide a run a bit of comfort knowing he's he's out there in and out every game every week and uh under pochettino as well who's who's found uh some success in in the league not with trophies but just with big results and had a nice tottenham team under him so i think with his experience and faith from uh, all of his players here i think they can have a good post christmas run here we'll see how high they go uh, they, unlike Villa, like I said earlier, uh, are not in Europe, so they can solely focus on the league and cup competitions. So it'll be nice to see if they win a trophy, maybe League Cup or FA Cup, and push for top four. Yeah, and on the yeah, other side. Because you want to get back in Europe. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's the goal here. On the other side, though, Brighton are in Europe. They're in the Europa League. It seems like they're going to qualify for the next round, whether it's automatic or the, the knockout stage for Europa. Um, their team has been carved out with injury after injury, and they still put up great results like this, great performances. Um, they sit in eighth position, 22 points, only one win in their last six, but they're still only two points outside of a European finish. What have you thought of them so far and how, how sure of themselves Deserby is of his team and what they can do? Uh, with Brighton, they've... Started to lose lose their heat, so to say. Um, I mean, everyone, not everyone, but people suspected after losing their big guys from last year, they would start to slip a bit down the table, uh, which they have. I mean, losing Gross to injury for a bit definitely hurt. He's He's been the heart of their team for, for a long time, even before they got promoted. I believe he was with them, so... I'm uh, just looking at their results. What do you have on your end there? They lost to Chelsea just, here. Just their recent form. They beat Forest 3-2, drew Sheffield 1-1, drew Everton 1-1, drew Fulham 1-1, lost to Man City 2-1. That's their last six games. Yeah, a handful of draws. It's just they need that that edge, just that, that X factor in games. I mean... Only one I win in their last eight games in the league. Lose... Losing Solly March, I almost forgot. Losing him all year is, is definitely definitely hurts because uh, coming from last season with Mitoma and March, they complemented each other well on the on the wings. Two fiery guys up and down. I mean, March is is fiery both ends of the pitch, offensively and defensively. So he's he's a massive loss to him. Yeah, a lot of their attackers are are very young, new. We saw yeah, this I saw game the youth especially in the team. with Matoma Gross getting arrested after their European match earlier in the week on Thursday. So 
we didn't get to see the full the full strength team, but still they they, they show great quality. Um, okay, moving on, we have two more games before we get to our picks. Uh, the craziest game, I would think you would agree, that how it ended as well. Liverpool four, Fulham three. A game we didn't think would be this crazy, but we're happy it did. Twentieth minute started off Trent uh, Alexander Arnold on a free kick, worldy of a shot, bar down off Bert Leno's back, was credited as an own goal. Fulham strike back though in the twenty fourth, off a nice little work down the left side. Anthony Robinson slips it across for a Harry Wilson tap in on his former club. Thirty ninth minute though, McAllister probably scores a goal of the week. Uh, with an absolute worldy scoring top right corner from about 25 out. Nothing Leno could have done. And then right before the half, Kenny Tete equalizes it on his first first start back from injury. Uh, was VARD, VAR checked, close call, but was given. We go into the half at 2-2. Changes were made for Fulham in the 62nd. We see William and Tom Kearney come on for Wilson and Pereira. Whereas for Liverpool, in a couple minutes later, they bring in Gakpo, Gomez, and Konate. Joel Matza picked up a bit of a knock, maybe a hyperextended knee, as well as Zubazlai and McAllister out. Uh, but Bobby Decord over Reed. Fulham take the lead at Anfield in the 80th minute off a of Tom Kearney assist. Endo comes on in the 83rd. Four minutes later, Endo scores his first goal there in the league for Liverpool at Anfield from a Mo Salah assist. And then one minute later, Fulham doesn't get any rest. Liverpool piling on the pressure. Ball comes out top of the box. Trent buries it, gets his goal that he was deserved. Uh, and then from there on out, Liverpool held on. Fulham couldn't get anything going, bit shell-shocked and stunned. And Liverpool come out on top with the three points. They leapfrog Man City in the second place, only two points behind Arsenal. What what do you, do you think of this game overall? Crazy, crazy the way we it's the result we thought, but not in the fashion we thought it would happen. It's just vintage Liverpool. I mean, the defining moment of that game was back to I mean, obviously because it was it's what won them the game, but uh, it's the back to back Endo and Trent goals. I mean, the you don't want to be the team on the receiving end of a, a Liverpool equalizer at Anfield because uh, Liverpool just looked damn near unbeatable. I thought after Trent scored the, the go-ahead goal in 88 there that they could have won 10-3. to They could have just continued and absolutely pummeled Fulham. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just vintage Liverpool. And I don't really have anything else that else to add. Yep. Well, um, Kelleher had a bit of a mistake on the one goal. He's been caught out here, but what have you thought of Trent so far? The last couple of games, he's been stepping up. He scored against Man City, and their draw. He scores a goal here too. If you really want to think about it, off the free kick in the first, um, his performance has been really stepping up, and that's what we're talking about. When we want our key players to get the other guys going. We talk about with Rashford and with Chelsea, of course. We're looking at Cole Palmer's done that recently. We're looking for that spark, and Trent's really found that 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 form going for him. Yeah, Trent's uh, Trent's looking like he usually does. He's he's a, he's a baller. Uh, on Fulham's end, though, can they, can you take some positives out of this game, or is it too? It, I mean, it's a crushing blow. A, even a point would have been great at Anfield here for a Fulham team that's been really struggling to find form. They're they are in 14th position on 15 points. They're eight clear of the drop, which is looking good at the moment, but. 
They've been leaking a lot of goals. Their defense hasn't looked the best. Tim Ream's age has been really showing. Calvin Bessie isn't a guy that seems like capable to cover up for those flaws. And the midfield isn't the strongest. Paulinha is the best of the three there with Pereira and Reed, but it seems like there's a lot of gaps here that teams take advantage of. Yeah, I don't think Fulham should walk away from the game too upset. I mean, losing in that fashion is always going to be tough, but I don't think they would have expected to come in to get any points. So to get three goals away at Anfield and take them down to the wire is, is great. And having Tede back from injury, uh, Anthony Robinson playing well, so getting your fullbacks involved is it's good to see from them. Bobby Reed coming off the bench scoring is, is great, so... Uh, I don't think they should be too upset with this one. It was a, it was a good showing. They just got to crack on and carry this the momentum of three goals at Anfield into into their next one. Yeah, they they play Wednesday. They're hosting Nottingham Forest, so it's a game they need to win. Both of these teams are right next to each other in the table. Fulham, I said, fourteenth. Forest and fifteenth. If Forest can win, they'll leap, they will leapfrog Fulham. And depending on what Bournemouth does, as well as well, Fulham by the by this next weekend's matchups could be in 16th position okay um all right the last game crazy game man city three tottenham three we both thought man city would win evan did have the feeling tottenham could get a result here wasn't the win he thought but they do steal a point at the Etihad. he had man city just can't get tottenham off their back son starts it off in the sixth counterattack goal kulisevsky assist th- not three minutes later son on a free kick own goal you never thought i believe this is his first career own goal as a professional um gave me a lick of a chance for my fantasy game but later on wasn't enough phil foden right before or sorry the last goal before the break at the half in the 31st minute well-crafted goal by man city with the build-up alvarez cut back to foden six yards out tap him um giovanni lasoso his second start in a row Second goal, back-to-back game, Sun assist, or 2-2. Jack Grealish from an early Holland assist in the 81st gives them the lead they were looking for. You think Man City closes this out in the last 10? No, no, no. Kulisevsky off of Brendan Brendan Aronson. Brendan Johnson assist in the 90th minute, hits the LeBron James Selly, telling everybody to calm down at the Etihad. Spurs lock up a big point. This would have been four straight defeats for them since Madison and Vandevin's injury, as well as the three-game suspension for Romero. They steal a point at the Etihad. There's still two points outside the top four. They get Romero back now after his three-game suspension. Udogi's been back. Um, We're going to see the midfield still the same. The the attack is going to be the same for the next month. Um, I guess starting out with Spurs here, what have you thought of them so far? Even after all the injuries, they're still sticking to Angeball. Yeah, it's. I think the once, once uh, the injured players recover, uh, things will patch it, themselves up. But Ange Ball has significantly been losing its its stock. I'll say, was it uh, three draws in a row for him? What's that? Tottenham's recent form. I just told you they lost three straight. If they lost, yeah, or three if, losses. If they would have oh, lost yeah. this game. It would have been four straight defeats since those injuries. Right. It's I, I'm getting confused with City. It's City with three draws in a row. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ingeball has been losing its stock. I think the injuries are hurting 
he definitely wants his first choice guys because they uh, they seemingly understand his outlook the best uh, as shown by the results they were un- unbeaten up until uh, those injuries yep. I'm not mistaken so yep. they still hung in there with City which is great but you know it's 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 all about the injuries that's what it is for a lot of teams staying, staying healthy staying fit keeping your for- first choice guys out there yeah and I mean I mean at that point if those guys don't get injured we were we were saying at the time like title challenging Tottenham and then things really set in but I still think they they went through a tough run of games there the the 4-1 loss to Chelsea with those injuries happening and then a, a squeaking loss to Wolves Wolves with two late goals to get a win as well as a late winner for Villa in the previous game I mean it's been tough breaks for them but still I'm confident in them they can stay in this area of the table even with the players they have left I think they can still get a couple of results in their favor against better competition uh, Man City on the other hand you already mentioned three straight draws We, I don't know when the last time we saw Man City dropping this many points early on in the season is this a bit concerning for you or is this just a part of the normal Man City yearly system where they just drop all the games early on come Christmas period early February that's when they, they roll off 12 straight Zach. Oh, there we go. Oh, you're muted. Uh, yeah, you might be right there, <clears throat> but uh, it's not like the draws haven't been uh, disappointing per se. At least in terms of the goals, there's a four-four draw and a three-three draw in there with City, with Chelsea and uh, Spurs. Is that a, is that a bit concerning for their defense? Yeah, giving up. Uh, they score the four goals, but they give up the four uh, and the three as well. So defensively, it is a concern. It doesn't seem like they have the same stranglehold on teams as they've had in the past. No, they don't. And that's how, how things tend to go. You know, when you're the top dog for a, a season or two, other teams seem to figure a way, figure you out if, uh, if you're not staying at the top of your game and innovating and changing things up, so... They are, Things are, are leveling themselves out. They are chasing history, trying to be the first team ever to win four straight titles. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. It's a long season. We're only, well, we are a little over a third of the way through. Come the end of this month, we'll be halfway through the year officially. Um, maybe even 20 games, I think, at that point. But that'll give us a better picture. Everybody will have played each other at least once. And then we'll go from there. But Yeah, and Erling's still... Uh banging in goals for him he's still leading the race for the golden boot so they got him up there yep he's on 14 right now Mo Salah second with 10 Sun after this weekend 9 Ollie Watkins 8 and Bowen closes out the top 5 with 8 as well um, Dom Solanke in there ninth position with 7 Nico Jackson 10th place with 6 half of those coming against a 9 man Tottenham take that as you will okay we got 10 games here Tuesday to Thursday. You already gave me your picks, but you're still going to have them. Uh, last week, our records-wise, I don't, I think I already told you, but Evan went six and four. I went seven and three. You went four and six. Overall, you are sorry. Evan is in third. He's on seventy-nine and sixty-one. He, you are, you are only a game ahead of him. You are eighty and sixty. 
and I'm in first. I'm on 86 and 54. Um, I only listened to Evan's first pick. I don't know what any of his other picks are, and I did my picks before you, so there's no bias in what I picked. Um, first game we have Wolves hosting Burnley. That's the first game tomorrow, I believe, kicking off at 2.30. Wolves is the home dog. They are one win in their last five. Burnley on the road is a much better team. They, well, considering their home form there. Six games, only one win, one draw, four losses at home. Wolves is 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. Where are you leaning here? I'm just keeping it simple here. I'm going to go with the home boys, the home Wolves. Yeah, whenever in Over doubt. Burnley. Yeah, whenever in doubt, you normally just ride with the home team. Uh, Jose Saw is going to be a game-time decision. If I had to say, I'm probably leaning to where he's going to rest him. Other than that, they're pretty strong there. Ayat Nori is set to be out, so if he's been playing at left wing back, they're probably going to go Hugo Buena, who I like, so they should be okay. I'm riding Wolves. Uh, next up, the, the other game tomorrow, Luton hosting Arsenal. We talked about Luton potentially getting an upset here. They did it against Liverpool, but I'm going to ride with Arsenal here. What are you leaning towards, Zach? Are you saying yeah. a one-in-a-million chance, or you think it's going to be what everybody's going to do, chalk? I'm just going to chalk it up with Arsenal here. Okay. Wednesday is where we have all the games. Well, the majority of the games, I should say. Six of the ten. Four games at, at kicking off at 2.30. We got the first game, Sheffield hosting Liverpool. I'm riding Liverpool. Zach? Yep, Liverpool. Could be another 5 niller here. Um, Palace hosting Bournemouth. He'll give you first pick. Or Crystal Palace, Born, yeah, Palace, Bournemouth. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Bournemouth away on this one. Okay, yeah, I'm not liking Palace as of lately, but I'm gonna give them a draw here. I think Bournemouth aren't gonna rock another win. Uh, it'll give them too much confidence. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna stick with a draw. Uh, Brighton hosting Brentford. This is gonna be a tricky one here. Brighton with all heavy injuries. Brentford's old midfield is a bit scuffed. Norgard picked up his fifth yellow, so he'll be out. Jensen's a game-time decision. A lot of their play comes from the creativity in that midfield. Uh, and with midfield three, potentially of Yanel, Onyenka, and Yarmaluk. Uh, I'm not feeling confident in Brentford. So I'm going to take Brighton here with a bit of an upset. Or no, sorry, I have a draw. Sorry. I'm going Brentford on the road. Yeah. Just because uh, I think they've been more solid at the back as of late. Okay. Uh, next, Fulham hosting Forest. What do you got? Fulham Forest. I'm picking a draw here. Okay. I'm going Fulham here. I'm going to take the home dog. I'm not too sure, but the way Anthony Robinson's been playing lately and how Orier is a very uh, aggressive guy, I think they'll catch him out on the left side a bit, especially if William starts on the left side. I think it'll be a bit of a trouble for Forrest. So I'm going to go with the Cottagers. All right, uh, two games at 3.15 on Wednesday. The first being Villa hosting Man City, I mentioned. Villa are undefeated, 6-0 and at home this year. But they're playing the champions, Man City, um, who have, have lost both their games this year on the road. So upset is on the table here, but I'm still going to ride Man City. Same. Okay. It's hard to pick against City. 
Uh, and then the next one is the most standard result I would go with. We got Man United, your team, hosting Chelsea, my team. Are you going to pick what I think you're going to pick? Yeah, I always... This this is the pick that took me the longest. Okay. But uh, as of late, it's been uh, a split, split game in terms of the results with draws. So, uh, and you you were in my ear saying it's always going to be a draw. So uh, I think I'm just going to stick with recent history and continue the draws. Yeah, the last six games, uh, five of them have been draws. The most recent result last May, Man U won four one. Excuse me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the draw as well. I just I didn't put any thought into it. I just these two teams are too similar at the moment where uh, Chelsea are flubbing a lot of chances and United just don't have any sort of leadership to drive on. But um, I think Rashford could have himself a day here. I think this is the perfect opportunity for him to to stand up and have a moment for himself. Uh, I think Cucurella should be back, I believe. Yeah, he had his one-game suspension, so he'll be on the left. Uh, Rashford's been pl- Rashford has been playing on the right because Garnacho's been in form on the left, so... I think it's a perfect opportunity for him to get going. So that might be a game changer, but I think I'm still going to take a draw. Um, Okay, that's all the Wednesday games. Two games left on Thursday. Everton hosting Newcastle. I'm going with Newcastle here. They're in hot form, and I hate Everton at home. Yeah, I'm taking Newcastle on the road. Okay, all right. And then last game, Tottenham hosting West Ham. Where are you thinking? I'm taking Spurs at home here. I think they're they're gonna get a win against uh, a beaten up West Ham with their own uh, beaten up team in terms of injuries. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think Spurs, the way Sun played against City, there just shows his himself as a leader and with the limited amount of touches on the ball, he can still have a major impact on the game. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take Spurs as well. And okay, that concludes our week 15 predictions. Real quick, before we close out this show, rounding out at an hour, let's go to our best and worst players of the week for week 14. Uh, Let's start off with the worst player here. I'll give you the honors. Who would you say was your worst player of the week of week 14? Worst player? I mean, could just go... With the entire Sheffield eleven. Okay, and your reason? Sheffield. Uh, yeah, yet, you need one. <laughs> yet another trouncing. Five uh, nil. There was an eight nil earlier this year to Newcastle, and uh, get to see what the other one was. Five nil to Arsenal as well. Yeah, so and just three. Three massive defeats. Yeah, I said uh, I thought I said eight 0 to Newcastle as well. That one was at home for them. So it's just uh, these massive games which don't give them any positive signs as to a a reason why they should remain in the league. So I'm just gonna go with Sheffield in the gutter. Yeah, mine's an easy one. Connor Gallagher wearing the captain's armband and trying to 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 put a shiv right in the back of your own club trying to make us lose points on the um at home there against brighton who we have a recent 
um, rivalry build up against. And I don't know. It's just tough seeing seeing him get a double yellow there. Now he'll be out for this United game where we really need, could have used him as a driving force to hit the press. And we're going to be without him. So, yep, Connor Gallagher is my worst player of the week. We move on to our best player of the week, brought to you by Eli. I'm the best, man. I did it. Uh, Zach, who who do you got as your best player of the week here? I'm going Trent at home in that Liverpool game. Yeah, that's an easy one. Perfect, uh, perfect end cap to that game. I mean, like I said earlier, I said it earlier. He was a baller, balled it out both ends of the pitch. Uh, I mean, playing in his more advanced midfield type role, he got a, a goal and a accredited assist. Was that a? That Leno own goal, which they took away from him there, hit off his off the off the bar and off his back. But it was just uh, it was Trent's day, and it, it was uh, it was a big Liverpool day there. And I, I think Trent uh, started it off and uh, capped it off perfectly at Anfield. Yeah, uh, mine's gonna be Son for Spurs um, goal and an assist, as well as an own goal. Uh, he went through a roller coaster of emotions, but still led his team to get a massive point at the Etihad where nobody thinks you're going to earn anything, let alone put in a good performance. So got to go with him. Um, okay. That puts us a little over an hour there for part two of episode 221. Um, Zach, I appreciate you hopping on here. Um, it's a struggle sometimes to get you on here, but when you are on here, everybody <laughs> appreciates it for your takes. So we'll let you go back into hibernation for the next two months. <laughs> Um, I hope to get uh, some positive records on my weekly pickums. I think I've been falling off the last couple of weeks. No, we've been doing really well. I said last week um, you're around like 58% hit rate. Evan's around 56 and I'm at 60. It, all of ours should have went up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're firing. We're all around 60%, oh, good. which is, uh, is very sharp. Um We'll get into more specific stuff come halfway through the period. We'll probably do like a progress report come Christmas or something. First half of the year, we'll give our grades. And maybe I was thinking of an idea of like a shopping list thing where we, we what we think each team should be looking for in the market come January because we know a lot of teams are going to be willing to spend. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't already, uh, listen to Evan's half of this episode where he jotted through the same things we talked about today, the week 14 games, as well as his predictions for week 15. If you want to take his picks over ours, which is respectable, um, check us out on our socials at post 20 pod on Instagram and Twitter, as well as follow us on all of our streaming platforms, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. All the support. Um, tomorrow I told Evan last week, tomorrow is our, four-year anniversary for when we started the show it's morphed into what it is today we've lost a couple friends but we've also had people join us as well as guests throughout um our variety of content we've gone through but we appreciate everybody that's listened along the way or if you guys have just joined as of now this is your first time listening hello we thank you for listening and taking the time out of your day whether it's in the morning or or at night if you go to sleep whatever however you listen to the content we appreciate it um okay i'll stop rambling thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next time bye bye